Welcome to the Business Networking Show, brought to you by your partnerships. Here is your host, Lee Randall Pybus. Joining me today uh, as an honor, we have a lovely lady who is coming to me from the United States. We have Susan Trumpler. Susan, welcome to the show. It's great to have you with me. Introduce yourself. Tell us about Susan. Lee, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. And I'm Susan Trumpler from, and here's the important part, Unstoppable Women in Business. <laughs> so that's the name of my coaching firm. Um, I own two companies, one being the coaching firm, but the other is... Um, a research company that I've owned for 14 years that has researched and uncovered the uh, skills and behaviors of very successful sellers internationally. We've studied over 15,000 people, 15,000 different sellers, just to try to uncover what helps them bring their companies more revenue. And so after doing that for a lot of years, I thought, well, this is nice for large corporations to have this benefit, but what if we were to be able, what if I was able to bring this information in essence to the entrepreneur? Mm -hmm. And so that's what led me to start Unstoppable Women in Business, Women Focus, because unfortunately sales and business is and tends to be male dominated. Sorry, Lee, it's the no, truth. It's pleasure. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm here for the underdog. I'm here for the people that don't have representation because we are a little bit different in how we approach sales. Although what I talk about today does fit everyone. So nice to be here. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you with me. What part of America are you coming from right now? I'm coming from Raleigh, North Carolina, wow. and um, it is a beautiful time of year here. Starting to be spring. Love it. I'm a big fan of America, honestly. If I could, <laughs> I always say to that. people, if I could move to America tomorrow, I would be gone. And all my listeners know <laughs> that I just go on about America all the time. I love it. Oh, I'm happy to hear that. Over here, we kind of think we're losing our reputation of being a good country, but we're not. We're the normal people here are very good people. Well, you're not losing it with me, I can assure you. Good, right. Good. So let's delve into this because you did say that you have a great topic to share with everybody. And the topic is getting to yes faster. So over to you. Mm -hmm. Tell us about this. All righty. Well, listen, when I work with any seller anywhere, one of the things that's always on their mind is how do I nurture a relationship so that I can get people to agree to become my client and do it faster because we all have, you know, we're all busy people. Entrepreneurs are busy. Uh, anyone who is out there today has a lot to do. So the question around getting to yes is one thing, but how do you do it faster? So that's what I focus on. And there's three things. And here's the important thing, Lee. There are three, in essence, questions that anyone who is um, considering making a buying decision needs to have answered in their head before they can say yes to you. And so getting to yes faster is about answering those three questions. So I'll pop through them super quick, and then you can ask me questions and we can dive into any one of them. But the first question that someone needs to answer before they can agree to do business with you is so simple, but it's yet it's so elusive sometimes. In essence, one, do they need what you have? Okay, so now that sounds so simple, right? But believe it or not, 60% of your ideal clients are not aware of you and they don't really know what you do. They don't understand what it is that you do and how it solves a problem that they have. 
And I know our marketing folks do such a good job with us building our, you know, ideal client avatar and identifying the problem you solve. But that is such a, on a marketing standpoint, that is such a big topic and so elusive sometimes. I hear people talking about their problem and what they solve in such a way that I'm like, people don't think that way. Your ideal client is not saying those words to themselves. So what is it that they're saying? What is the problem that they have? And how do you, in essence, create a promise that you can solve that problem? So first of all, you've got to make yourself known of what you do and how you do it. And how, what is the problem that you solve for people from their perspective? Lee, that's the most important part mm -hmm. from their perspective. So really getting clear on why they need what you offer. Okay. That's the first question. And then the second question is, and this is a good one too. It's like, so what makes you different? Cause you know, I don't know about you. Well, we just talked a little bit about that. You run a networking organization. The first thing I asked you was Lee, what makes you different? Like, how do you differentiate yourself? from yeah. all of the other networking opportunities. I'm a business coach. There's a million business coaches out there. So once a person knows that they need what you have, how do you differentiate yourself? How do you blatantly communicate? What is unique about you? And I honestly, if I could just tell people one thing about this topic right now is start using the word unique. Start saying, I am uniquely qualified to help you do this. And this is solving the problem, whatever the problem is, whatever they're trying to do differently. I'm uniquely qualified to do that because, and then have your proof points ready. Here's the other thing about being unique though. A lot of times people think, well, okay, I'm going to, you know what, Lee, I'm going to take, um, I'm going to take health coaches, because there's a million, right? A million health coaches out there. I'm sure you see them in your networking events all the time. And they're really trying to differentiate themselves. And yet in some ways they all do the same thing. You know, they either help you get stronger, help you lose weight, help you feel better in some way. Right. Yep. So if you aren't very, very um, specific about what it is that you solve for them and how you solve it, but not with a program, not your details about, Oh, I created journal and accountability and all that stuff that we like to talk about because it's part of our world as part of what we're most comfortable talking about. People are going to be confused. They're not going to know why they should select you instead of someone else. And they cannot get to yes without crossing that threshold. So here's what I tell my clients all the time. I'm like, listen, you cannot find uniqueness at your program level. There's just too many choices out there. You have to go from the client's perspective, create a connection with them, that you understand them, that you know their problem, that you uniquely are qualified to solve it because of that connection between you and them. It is honestly, the human connection is the most critical part of creating uniqueness. Not enough of that is happening today. So that's the second. All right. The third question, and this is a big one about the faster part of getting TS faster is that probably one of the most frustrating things that people experience in a sales environment is the stalled deal. Right? right. That's where you've had a fantastic sales conversation or you've worked with somebody and you've gotten them right down to the point where you've made your offer. 
and you get the dreaded, I'll think about it, or I need to check in with someone so-and-so and see if that's the right thing for me to do. That whole stalling before you can get over the finish line is one of the most frustrating things because it's easier to lose a deal in the beginning when you're, okay, this isn't a qualified buyer, no worries, have an invested time. But once you invest time and you have a great conversation, you're right there on the edge of getting yes and they hold back on you. Oh my God, it's horrible. <laughs> so here's the, here's the thing. I know this more than anything else. I forgot to mention, I am a neuroscientist um, at heart. Like I know the old brain, everything that I teach and talk about is based on neuroscience in the in essence, the operating system, part of your brain that is trying to protect you and keep you safe. It's the, it's the old brain. It's the primitive brain. It's for survival. But here's what happens when you get to that point where you're, they're just about ready to make a decision. The old brain kicks in and goes, whoa, wait a minute, slow down, Nellie. Wait a minute. Is this going to hurt me or is this going to help me? Am I going to be safe if I make this change? Because change for people is so hard. Change presents, um, it takes energy to change. And that's another thing that our old brain protects us from is expending too much energy because we might need it, you know, for survival. But also change is scary because if you make the wrong decision, in essence, you're, you may look bad. You may waste money. You may um, tell people you're doing something and then it's a failure. There's so much risk in making change. And anytime we are trying to get to someone to influence someone into doing something with us, we're asking them to make a change. And so to get them to yes faster, to make that shift from where they are over here on the left-hand side, their life isn't going the way they want it. Their business isn't happening the way they want it. You're painting a picture over here on the right-hand side of what Nirvana would look like, of what it would be, you know, how things would be different if you were to help them through that situation with your program, your product, whatever it might be. The gap between the left and the right side is scary as heck. I want you to picture, actually, Lee, I want you to picture in essence, if you've ever been on one of those bridges, those, those rickety ones that are rope bridges between two canyons or over a canyon, right? Yep. That's what your buyers is, is almost experiencing. They're on the left-hand side of that bridge. You're over on the right-hand side of the bridge. And there's a chasm in between with it, a rickety rope bridge with slats that's wobbly. And they're like, oh my gosh, if I say yes to this person, I may not get safely across that bridge. That's the metaphor I like to use because that literally is the feeling of discomfort that people have to saying yes. Is this going to be good or is this going to be bad? So here's the thing through your sales conversation. It's critical that you walk them across that bridge one step at a time, holding their hand, telling them not about what you do, please. It's not about, oh, this program is so good and there's this in it and you're going to get this from me and this is the best part of it. No, walk them across that bridge by telling them what they will be experiencing during the shift. Okay. So first, the very first thing we're going to do is we're going to blah, blah, blah. And what will happen for you is you will have this, I'll be there to support you and to, you know, so it's, it's whatever statements you can create that will help them see that not one step of the way is a risk for them. And that at the end of the bridge is this amazing, like pot of gold that they want so bad that they, actually at the, 
at the point that you finish describing this, they're like, let's do it. Let's just do it right now. I can't wait anymore. So anyways, those are the three questions. Why you, why, why do I need it? Why you and why now? Absolutely love them. I'm just, you just wrecking my brains there with the last one that you just uh, talked about with the rickety bridge, because um, I'm part of another podcast with two other guys. It's, it's called Three Dads and a Business Book. We review business books every couple of weeks. And How what, awesome. Yeah, it's good fun. One we've just recently done is um, by Donald Miller. Oh, uh, I love Donald. Story uh, brand. Absolutely. Yeah, it wasn't that way. It was. Um, uh, I forget what it was called. Marketing made simple. That's what it was called. Oh, awesome! It was brilliant, and he touched on the point of how you need to nurture a sale, nurture a customer, yes, and and oh and that God. that really relates to what you said about you know getting across that rickety bridge, you know, holding their hand across. Exactly. Yeah, it is. I I had a lunch with Donald Miller one time, and he and I connected so deeply because what is the most important here between these two, two things that you brought together is story. People live in story and Donald and I use the word nurture all of the time. You nurture with story, you nurture by painting a picture in people's mind. You have to, you have to earn the right mm -hmm. to ask for a sale. And all of what I'm talking about here, understanding what they want more than anything else, what needs to happen for them that's different, how you can create a story around it is the skill of nurturing that person through what I call the buyer's journey. And I know that's not unique, but too many people think about it as a sales process yeah. and it's not, it's a buyer's journey that you have to nurture. Absolutely, sure. absolutely. And um, there's there's one thing that we have in, over here in the UK called the Entrepreneur's Circle. Uh, and they talk about marketing quite a lot. And uh, one of the images that they bring up, which, which really resonates with me, is like a, a, a football stadium. Um, and they have like, the if it's a concert, so you get the stage at yes. one end of the stadium, and then you've got half of that is audience one. So that's the audience that know what you do. They are already buying from you. The other half of that is audience two. They know about you, but they haven't started buying off yet. And audience three are outside the stadium. But a lot of people try and get audience three straight to be an audience one before they bring them into audience two. And I think that's, yeah, it's a really good, you know, diagram of, of how to bring customers in to your oh, journey. That is so it? true. I love that. I love that. I call it relationship proximity. Like you have to nurture that relationship from afar. You got to do it. Facebook yeah. ads, all of the awareness that happens out there, but really nurturing them till they sit in that section one of the stadium and become eyeball to eyeball. And that's why, honestly, that's why I do a ton of speaking, a ton of um, where I can be in front of people and they can see me talk and they can understand my, not just my methodology, because nothing I'm saying here is rocket science, right? It is all it's like, oh yeah, I've heard this in one way or another before, but it's, can you work with someone who you trust, who will bring you into their fold and take care of you and help you bring it alive and, and take you over the goal line with it? That's what people are looking for nowadays. I think they're kind of tired of these mass marketing, get rich quick. You know, you can be a $7 million or a seven um, figure business in 30 days by just doing these three things. It's like such hogwash. <laughs> It's literally hogwash. It doesn't happen unless you're, I mean, unless you're willing to spend probably just about seven figures to uh, 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, not everybody's got that sort of money, have they? <laughs> no. um, you no. touched on as well. Point. It was point number two. Question number two about you know finding what your uniqueness is. Um, you know, for years we've been as as business owners. You know, always ask what's your USP, what's your unique selling point. But do you think really now uh, a USP stands more for unique salesperson? You know, what is the, you know what difference can that person give you rather than the product? Because it's all about the journey, isn't it? So good, Lee. I love that unique salesperson. If you don't mind, I'm going to borrow that. One. You can have that with pleasure. <laughs> it's a hundred percent the truth. There is. I'm telling you right now. Everything we do, I'm so sorry to say this, but everything we do today is a commodity. We, if you were just to look, and I call it below the line, it's in the basement. It's everything we offer. It's our programs, everything we're proud of. I'm sorry, somebody else is doing it. So what does make you unique is when you go above that line and you start connecting with people and you become that salesperson who truly cares, understands, connects, and communicates from the buyer's perspective, yep. not from their basement bargain deal bin, right? So yes, unique salesperson, love it. <laughs> and that helps build trust, <laughs> doesn't it? Between the customer and the seller. Yeah. It does. It goes back to the old brain. You know, I'd mentioned, um, you no, know, you've heard this. People buy on emotion mm -hmm. and justify with logic, right? So the question is, how do you raise an emotion of trust? So people, you know, people are like, well, if they like and trust you, they'll buy from you. And that's true. But how do you create that trust? And the creation of trust comes from the bond that you create when you, when you truly understand who's sitting in front of you. And I'll give you some, I'll do just, if we have time, I'll give you a couple of oh, tips pleasure, on, please, on yeah. how I tell people. All right. So here's a really quick, quick and dirty. A lot of times people will open their sales conversations with, you know, somebody comes onto their calendar. It's a, let's just call it a warm lead. They're sitting, they're sitting in section two of the stadium. Okay. So they're aware of what you do. They want to be there that you've intrigued them enough that they're willing to come in and have a conversation. But I'll tell you what, Lee, they're sitting there going, I know I'm going to get sold. I know I'm here. I want to be here. Cause I want to know more about these people, but I know they're going to try to sell me. So their guard is up just a little bit. They want to protect themselves. All right. So you open the call and 90% of the time, the people that I've polled on this in our studies, how do you open your call? You say, hi, I'm glad you're here. Tell me how I can help you. Tell me what's on your mind. Some variation of that. They want people to start talking to them, which is not a bad idea. It's a horrible idea. And I'm going to tell you why it's a horrible idea. I already alluded to it. Their guard is up just a little bit. So whatever they tell you is not important. It's, it's the smoke screen of why yes. they're there, right? Yeah. So the question is, why bother asking that question? You're wasting about five minutes of time while they pour a bunch of BS on you. That's really <laughs> surface level stuff that doesn't make a hill of beans a difference. Okay. So my recommendation for people is to not open the meeting asking that question or asking a wide open question. I actually have a unique way that I recommend for my clients to do it is you create something called a point of view. And I don't like to word the use pitch, but it kind of goes with it, a point of view pitch. All right, here's, here's how it goes. And I'll just give you my point of view pitch and then I'll break down what, what it is. All right. So listen, Lee, thanks for coming today. It's a pleasure to spend some time with you quite often. Here's the transition. Quite often when people join me on a call, 
what's on their mind is that they're not getting the amount of clients that they want. They know they can do more, but they're not sure why. And what I find out through our conversation is there's normally three things that hold them back, three things. And it's one is they're having a hard time creating connected conversations and they feel salesy and pushy and they hate that feeling and it, it kind of derails. Second is sometimes they get success, but it's not consistent. They want to know, you know, how do I create consistent month after month revenue? The third thing is that whether or not they've got the skills or the processes, they feel like in their mind, there's this monkey chatter going on and they don't have the right mindset when they show up. So those are the three biggest things that I hear most often. Lee, tell me which one of these resonates with you, or is there something else that you, you know, kind of have on your mind around creating clients? All right. You see, you get me thinking. (laughs) <laughs> oh, good. Oh, I got you thinking. Yes, See, that's good. the point. That's yeah. the point. What I'm doing is I'm taking a wide open canvas that they can start painting little dabs mm-hmm. on. And I narrow it down into a very specific channel of what I believe I do different and, and uniquely and help yeah. people with. And I'm inviting, I'm inviting you in to co-create the conversation, the story with me, but I'm not, I'm, I'm doing it in a way that I'm hoping because I know my ideal client so well, I know that they're having some form of that going on in their mind. And I want them to tell me, what is it? What part of this is the most like disturbing for you right now that you want to solve? And then I'm like, tell me about it. What resonates with you? What are your challenges around that? And as they start talking, what happens, Lee, is they get the, they get the sense that they can trust me because I know who they are and I understand them. And I'm asking them questions that take that guard down and allows them to become more transparent with me. It's a beautiful way to start a conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Like you said, building that trust and you're doing what you're coaching them to do is solve solving a problem. That's exactly right. <laughs> I'm lucky that way. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> yeah. So how is it, have you seen, has your approach to helping people and coaching people been different since the, you know, the last 12, 13 months with this pandemic? Oh, that's such a great question. Um, it actually has been better for me mm-hmm. uh, only because I, I'm used to working virtual. I've been doing it for 15 years or more, probably closer to 20. And finally, my friends have caught up with me. <laughs> you know, So the people that I want to have conversations with internationally, I literally can go anywhere, talk to anyone at any time. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing about it is that this is a time when people do have to, and I don't like to use the word pivot because pivot mm-hmm. means kind of change but take your time, figure it out. What I I like to say, they just need to become more nimble. And so they're looking and seeking ways to become better at, in essence, mastering the remote selling, mastering having conversations. And and so um, it's been beautiful for me to share what I've learned over the past 20 years in remote selling um, with the clients that I'm coaching. It must give you such a buzz as well when you see like people get fr- success from it, from what you've helped them with. I love it. I love it. I have a group. Uh, I coach mostly in group programs. It, uh, it's called the Success Collaborative. 
And not only do I get a buzz, but I believe no one was, no entrepreneur was born to be an island. You believe that too, because of your, you know, your networking um, focus. But the thing that for selling, have you ever, have you ever been on a sales team in a corporate environment? I haven't, no. Oh, you know what? It is, it is such a beautiful experience. I wish every entrepreneur had that experience because there's a leader and they have their team. And every morning I would go into the office and my leader would have the door to the office open and I would pop in and they'd be like, Hey, what you up to today? And I'm like, Oh, I'm going to do this. And I'm so excited, but I've got to do this. And then that's making me nervous. And we would just have a cup of coffee together. The rest of the team would pop in and all of us would be talking about what we had on our schedules, what we were challenged with. We fed off of each other's energy. We fed off of each other's ideas. And so when I created the success collaborative, I said, that's the environment I want. When we have wins, I want us to celebrate it together and have fun because it is freaking lonely in your office. <laughs> when you get a win and you're like, woohoo. Yeah. To yourself. <laughs> <laughs> to yourself. So isn't it awesome to have a community that you can celebrate your wins that you can, you know, work with and get support from and feel really connected to. It's just a beautiful thing. I love it. And the, the great thing about being online as well, you can work with anybody in the world. Anyone, anywhere. Yep. Yep. <laughs> the hours are a little odd. Like tomorrow night, <laughs> I've got a call with someone in Singapore and I'm up at, you know, it's eight o'clock my time. It's morning their time, but it can happen. You know, it can happen if you want to make it happen. Yeah. It keeps it keeps it interesting though, doesn't it? It does. It does. Look at you're over in the UK. I'm here in the US. Yep. it's like we're sitting next to each other it's, it's phenomenal so isn't beautiful. it beautiful yeah oh it's, my gosh in in a funny sort of way the situation has forced people together it has it yeah. really has i remember when i first started um selling in north carolina i covered the entire state which is you know from from west to east it would be like six hours right do you know how much windshield time I had that was like literally wasted time, yeah. wasted time. And now I can be in and out of meetings back mm -hmm. to back. It's so much more efficient. And if you know how to communicate well and connect with people through the virtual environment, it, I mean, there's really not a lot different than when you are in person with them. Exactly. And you, you, what you touch on there, a friend of mine, he's, he's exactly the same said just the other week, because he, he would do journeys and he'd travel for say two, three hours to go and sit with a client just for an initial meeting, have that meeting and then two or three hours back again, you know, it, they might not become a customer, but in, in the space of that time now he can have six meetings. And if your exactly. conversion rate is like 25%, you can get a couple of, you know, customers straight away. Do you know what I mean? In, in one day, it's just exactly. so much better. Exactly for right. Yeah. Exactly right. And for larger companies, you know, they, they've, they've been fighting on site training and coaching for a long time. They're like, it's too expensive out of the field time. So they've known this on it's trickling down to the entrepreneurial level now. And we're just killing it with let's just be more efficient and still be connected. It can happen. Absolutely. Yeah, well, I want people, as many people as possible, to, to connect with you, Susan. So please tell us how they can get in touch with you. Absolutely. So you can find me everywhere, Unstoppable Women in Business. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. Um, I also would love to offer the Getting to Yes Faster little masterclass that I have. It's at the same URL, www.gettingtoyesfaster.com. 
And um, it's a free, it's literally an hour of time, few worksheets on each one of those uh, decision points and your next, very next sales conversation will be different. I guarantee that. I guarantee it. So uh, find me out there, Unstoppable Women in Business. It would be a pleasure to connect. Brilliant. And like you said earlier, it's not rocket science, what you're saying, but it, yeah. I do believe that it's the one thing that business owners need reminding of on a consistent basis. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Always. Thank you, Susan. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Lee. Pleasure to be here with you. Thank you for listening to the Business Networking Show, brought to you by Your Partnerships. Check out all our upcoming networking events at yourpartnerships.co.uk.